Hey everybody, so, Russ has very clearly stated that we will never play Shining Force 2 on Home on the RNG, which is fine. Uh, in fact, after playing Final Fantasy Tactics, I don't know how many strategic RPGs I can still fit into Home on the RNG, because Russ hates them. So I might have to sneak them in, but... Russ has said no to Shining Force 2, but I really enjoyed Shining Force, so I'm going to pl I played it on my own. I, I went ahead, and in my free time, for non-review purposes, I went ahead and played it, but I wanted to talk about it afterwards. It was very strange for me, playing a retro RPG and not taking the notes I do for Home on the RNG, not capturing footage, not thinking about how I'm going to compare it to the previous one. Basically, I wasn't playing it analytically like I frequently do with the Home on the RNG games, I was playing it just for enjoyment, and it was a very odd experience because I've gotten very used to uh, analyzing these games as I'm playing them. And when I finally got to the end, I realized, you know what, I'm at least going to do a vlog about it because somebody else out there might have liked Shining Force and might have wanted us to do more. Well, Russ will never do it. So this is not an episode of Home on the RNG. It's just me talking about a game I played, right? Shining Force 2 is great. Uh, I'll start off with the biggest pain. The inventory management is still awful. Every character has four inventory slots, and as you pick stuff up, it just fills the first available slot. Like, it just trickles down. And moving inventory slots around is cumbersome. Giving something to somebody else, and then occasionally in the game... The hero will need to pick something up, and it'll be like, oh, nope, you don't have any space. And those four inventory slots also account for your equipment. So if you have a weapon and a ring, which is the only kind of armor in the game, that's, that's half your slots gone. And if you want to buy a new weapon, you better clear out a slot so you have a place to put the new weapon. Inventory management in this game, like in the first one, is just awful. But that's the only bad note I've got for the game. It again has a thing that I love, which is multiple recruitable characters, some of which are hidden. And I'm pretty good at these. Uh, I played Suikoden, which also features this. And when I, my first playthrough of Suikoden 1 and 2, I only missed one character in each game. Because I love recruiting characters. Uh, and in Shining Force and Shining Force 2, I also missed some. Uh, although I think I only missed one in Shining Force 2. Uh, so it has hidden recruitable characters. It has a pretty large party. One thing that bothered Russ a lot about the first game was the randomness of the leveling up and how leveling up oftentimes would result in him getting one speed per character. That is not the case in Shining Force 2. Level ups always grant you more than one attribute. Leveling up in Shining Force 2 is great. Uh... I mean, they you definitely, immediately you see your health bar grow. Promotions are also phenomenal in Shining Force 2. When you actually, and when you get to level 20, you can promote a character. When you promote that character, their stats change a lot. One of the things I really like about Shining Force 2 is it has hidden promotions. Hidden throughout the world are special items. If you get the right special item... You can promote your characters, not just to the regular next class, but to a super class. Uh, for example, there's the monk class. 
If you find one of the two vigor balls hidden in the world, you can turn a priest, which is just, you know, a healing character, into a master monk. A master monk has a lot more MP for healing, a lot more HP, and deals significant damage as a fighter. All of a sudden, all you have to do is find, there's two of them, and you can turn two priests into two very effective fighters and effective healers, which is cool. You can turn your centaurs into flying Pegasus Knights, if you can find the Pegasus Wing. Uh, now, all of the hidden classes also have a recruitable character somewhere in the game that has that class. But it was my experience that, for the most part, it was better to just advance the ones that you've had the longest, rather than grab these Johnny-come-latelys. Um, I'll also say this. I didn't cheat in this game. I cheated a bit in Shining Force 1. In about half of the games in Home on the RNG, I've used cheat codes just to hurry up the progression of the game because JRPGs take a really long time to play. And we've got a lot of them to review, and I have a job, and I have a life, and I have other projects I want to work on. So, you know, I play for a while without cheats, then I turn on cheats to kind of speed through the rest of the story and the mechanics. And, uh, but uh, no cheat codes for Shining Force 2. Uh, they recently came out with a Sega collection on the PS4. It's just a collection of old-school Sega games. I highly recommend it. It's got some Fantasy Stars on there. It's got some Shining Forces on there. Uh, it also... There was one for the PS3, but this one has extra features. It has a save and restore state. It has a fast-forward and a rewind button. It is super cool. I highly recommend going to check it out. It, probably the best way to play Shining Force 2 now. And it, I'd pick it even over an emulator, really. Uh, the story is very good. I liked the story a lot. Uh, one of the things that I find most interesting is that the character, the wicked character who accidentally kicks off the plot, joins your team fairly early. He's a thief. And apparently, if you can get him to level 20, he becomes a super powerful ninja. I could never get him to level 20. He just, he started lagging too far behind the rest of the party and I abandoned him. Um, oh, another thing that's in the game. There are hidden items called mithril throughout the world. I think there might be 15 of them. Near the end of the game, there is a dwarven blacksmith who can take this mithril to forge weapons for, in, for each of your party members. But it's randomized, what he'll produce. Like, for the hero, there's something like five different swords. Obviously, progressively better swords. So, what he makes for you is randomized from that list. So I may have spent an hour saving and restoring, getting the best weapons for everybody. That may have happened. Uh, <laughs> but I, I found that a neat mechanic because it tells me there are people who played this and, you know, got the best weapon right away and didn't know that it was randomized or got the worst. The worst special weapon is still pretty decent. Got the worst special weapon and went, well, that's what I get. Uh, and I like that. I like when a game has hidden depths. Even getting to the blacksmith is a hidden location. You have to use an item that you may not even notice that you picked that you can pick up from like a third of the way through the game. Now near the end of the game, you use that item in a special spot on the map 
that doesn't really draw that much attention to itself, and you can go in. Uh, there's also a special hidden battle that I never went back and finished. I should have. I just now thought about that. And <laughs> after the credits roll, after you've beaten the game, if you wait on the end screen for five minutes, another special battle comes up where it's your team fighting against an army of all the bosses in the game. Unlike other battles in the game, you get one chance to win it. That's it. If you lose, you don't just get teleported to a priest, heal up, and try again. It's just game over. And in order to get back to it, you have to reload your last saved game, beat the game again. And beating the game is no easy feat. That emboss took me a couple tries to finally figure out what was going to work. Um, and one thing I like about Shining Force, as opposed to, like, Fire Emblem... In Fire Emblem, if you lose a party member, you pretty much want to restart that battle. Because Fire Emblem does permanent death. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just a different thing. It's a different style of play from Shining Force, where once you accept party member's gonna die, you can really truck through. Because after every battle, you can go to a priest and revive any party member that died for a cost, but the cost was never a problem for me. You make so much money killing enemies. The only problem would be if your hero dies, because then if your hero dies at any point in the battle, you're kicked back to a priest and lose half your money. But the hero also has a spell to just teleport the entire teleport out of the battle entirely. Even at the end boss, you just cast this spell and it takes you back to a priest with no loss of money and you can heal up, prepare and go again. So money was never a problem for me in the game. Um, and it, it, that was kind of how I moved forward, right? Because characters earn experience from doing their thing. Dealing damage or healing. Killing an enemy, enemy gets them a lot of damage. So occasionally you'll find yourself going, well, I'm going to send that guy out. And he's going to wreck some stuff. And then he's going to get killed because he's not going to have support. But that's fine. He goes out there, he earns a bunch of experience, maybe levels up once or twice, and then dies. And he did his part for the battle. Right? So it's a very different strategy. It's a very different method. As opposed to Fire Emblem. Uh, anyway, I like Shining Force 2 a lot. So much, in fact, that there are two more Shining Force games I am going to play at some point in the future. And I'll do vlogs about them as well. Uh, Shining Force 3 for the Sega Saturn, which is... Harder than it sounds. First of all, I don't own a Sega Saturn. Ha. Second of all, Shining Force 3 is a story in three parts. Three interconnected chapters. And once you beat all of them, you get the real ending. Only the first chapter came out in America. The second and third chapter never left Japan. But I found uh, a fan translation site where some wonderful people, and God bless people who do stuff like this, have been spending their free time translating the second and third games and making it possible to play them either in an emulator or on a modded Sega Saturn. So I will get to play all three parts of Shining Force 3. But first, I think I'll play what's called Shining Force CD. It is another Sega CD Shining Force, but what it actually is, <clears throat> they took two sort of spin-offs to the Shining Force series that were made for the Game Gear. They revamped them for the Sega CD and then added two more 
basically two more Game Gear games that didn't exist, if that makes sense. They added twice as much content, yeah? Uh, and turned it into one overarching story. Now, Shining Force CD, from what I understand, is less plot and more fight a battle, little story happens. Fight a battle, little story happens. One of the things I found most confusing about Shining Force 2, by the way, there are very... F there are some random encounters as you walk around the map. But they're very few. Uh, there's a lot of scheduled battles as you walk around the map, but once you fight those, you can spend hours walking around this massive world and not getting into combat. And my question kept being, why? Why, why are you letting me walk around this huge world? Why is it taking me so long to get from one place to another? If there's no random combat, now don't get me wrong, I'm glad there's not a lot of random combat since combat in tactical RPGs takes a long time. I just found it very strange that they gave me this huge world to walk around in with nothing happening for long stretches of time. That confused me. But uh, from what I understand, the Shining Force CD games are just combat story, combat story, combat story. Uh, but it's supposed to be really good. And I like Shining Force, and I like the stories. I like the mechanics of the fighting. I like the fact that it has centaurs in it. Really, there's a lot to like. So that was my Shining Force 2 review. Uh, I would give it an A. I'd play it again. I may play it again sometime. Uh, definitely better than the first Shining Force. It improved on a lot of things. Uh, I liked it a lot. So... Uh, I recommend going and picking out the Sega collection that just came out for the PS4. It's got a lot of great games on there, not just JRPGs. It's got Toe Jam and Earl 1 and 2. I love Toe Jam and Earl. I like the second one better, but apparently I'm in the minority on that one. Anyway, uh, go grab that, play you some Shining Force, and I'll see you guys again when I play uh, Shining Force CD and Shining Force 3.